Welcome to another episode of Panthers for Life Weekly, where four best friends unpack the previous week in Middlebury sports. We're excited to continuously keep you all up to speed on the latest Middlebury athletic stories. I'm Eli. This is Captain. Marco here. And Blaze, of course. Stay tuned for trivia, player highlights, and stirring statistics. We can't wait for you to join the conversation. To begin the episode, a bit of Middlebury trivia for you. So obviously, guys, Middlebury student-athletes are incredibly distinguished. I mean, we're one of the top D3 programs in the country, but so too are our coaches. I mean, they're, they're you know, accomplished as well. The trivia question of the week is, how many Middlebury varsity athletics coaches have played professional sports before? Is it five, seven, or 11? Stay tuned for the answer, which will be revealed at the end of the episode. Now, on to the biggest stories of the week. So I'm sure you've heard at this point, it's big news on campus. Middlebury women's hockey continued their undefeated season on Sunday with a 2-1 to win in the NESCAT quarterfinals over Connecticut College. Go Panthers! The Panthers hosted the Camels at home this afternoon and did what they do best. Dominating the score sheet, outshooting Khan 66 to 38, and controlling possession throughout the game, winning 37 faceoffs to only 20. Middlebury was put on the board first by Julia Johnson early in the first period, and after a game tying goal by Khan in the second period, Kat Appleyard put Middlebury over the top for the game winning goal in the third. I know Blaze and Marco have more on, on her later. She's she had an excellent we sure performance. Do. She's killing it. As was mentioned last week, this win continues a streak of domination for Middlebury women on the ice as they enter their 21st consecutive NESCAC tournament. And the Panthers are only three games away from their all-time win streak of 25. Next Saturday at one o'clock, the number one Panthers will host number four Hamilton on the home ice. And Captain, are we going to be there? Oh, we're going to be there, Eli. I, uh, I have so many plans. So many plans for this. And I, if you haven't heard my announcement yet, you will this week. I'll be going to the dining halls, telling you what's going to happen. It's going to be a whiteout. We're going to get rowdy. And it's going to be a great day to be a Panther. Pack the arena. Let's, Let's go. go. All right. For our second story of the week, on to some track and field action. We're going to start on the men's side. Our men's track and field team hosted the Division Three New England Championships on Friday and Saturday, finishing seventh out of 25 schools. MIT won the race. <laughs> so, I mean, our first story is Caleb Funeski, a first year from Texas, broke his own school record in the triple jump. He placed eighth overall, so obviously still room to improve. But the crazy thing about this, guys, is he didn't do the triple jump until he got to Middlebury. He was recruited as a long and high jumper. He gets to the college. A coach sees him and goes, you got the mechanics to be a triple jumper. He goes, I did it a little bit in eighth grade. I'm going to try it at the (laughs) Division III level. Does it? School record broken. Does it again this past weekend? School record broken. This guy is on an absolute hot streak. So shout out to Caleb Funeski, first year from Texas. Next story, we talked about Max Kluss. He ran a 407 mile two weeks ago at Boston University track. This weekend, he continued his hot streak, uh, winning the 1,000 meter race in two minutes in 30 seconds. That's just three seconds off of the record, right? Three seconds off of the record, and he's on four flat mile pace, and that is his goal to break four. Wow. So Come on, Max. Let's he go. He's someone to look out for. Max Kluss, junior from California. 
Final thing I'm going to touch on from the men's side is we had a distance medley relay squad earn all New England honors. Question for you boys. Does anyone know what a distance medley relay is? The DMR, baby. Come on. Who doesn't? What, what is a DMR? <laughs> you got the 400, you got the 800, you got the 1200, and you got the 1600. Someone right. knows their track. So the DMR <laughs> squad of Drew Donahue, first year, Colin Breen, a sophomore, Quinn McGaw, a senior, and Max Kluss, a junior, plays second behind MIT, of course. Uh-huh. But still a great showing from the guys. Now over to the women's track and field team. They went over to Colby College in Waterville, Maine. They have a great new athletic facility there. Still not as nice as Virtue Fieldhouse, if you ask me. But the women's track and field team finished sixth out of 26 programs. Williams won. I don't know if I hate much more things than Williams. <laughs> we'll, we'll give it to them. Williams won the event. Middlebury placed sixth overall. Now, the story from this meet, if you ask me, is Zoe Wang, a first year, broke the school record in the pole vault. She went to a height of 3.61 meters. The previous school record was 3.49 meters, Ooh. which was set in 2019. Now, here is a snippet from a chat I had with Zoe on Sunday about what elements factored into her success. And so what's what's made you so successful? You mentioned this background in gymnastics. Do you think that has helped or kind of what elements have gone into your success as a pole vaulter? Um, definitely having a gymnastics background and I guess having a bit more coordination and strength. Um, I think I also, well, I got into track hurdling first. Um, so having like some speed and running technique also helps a lot. Um, and then also having a great coach, my coach from home, um, very experienced, very wise. Um, so he's helped me a lot. So that was my conversation with Zoe Wang a first year. Next, we're going to transition over to the women's DMR team. And it's not just the men's DMR team that can compete, guys. Our women's team is fantastic in their own right. The DMR squad was composed of Caitlin Pease, a senior, Michelle Louie, a sophomore, Nicole Johnson, a senior, and Cassie Kearney, a senior as well. And they finished runners-up in 12 minutes and five seconds. So speedy time for them. The final story from the women's track and field Division Three New England Championships was Kate Kenny, a junior, winning the mile in five minutes and four seconds, which was a PR from her time at Middlebury. That's fast. That's speedy. And also shout out to Caitlin uh, Pease, who a senior who is fourth in five minutes and seven seconds. So again, our women's and men's track and field teams had great showings this past weekend. Looking forward to nationals. Go Panthers. Let's go. Go Panthers. All right, Captain, what you got for our last story of the week? For the last story, we head into women's squash. They played at the College Squash Association Championships this weekend. After a narrow loss to William Smith College, they went into the consolation bracket and faced Stanford, which Middlebury doesn't get to do very Not often. every day do we play Stanford. <laughs> oh, no, no. The D1 school, and we whooped them. 6-3. And there was quite a few incredible performances that I'll talk about later. Then, moving on to Sunday, they played St. Lawrence, who we actually played in our season opener and beat in a narrow narrow game 5-4. So going into this game, it was nerve wracking. Are we going to beat them again? Do they have revenge on their on the horizon? You know? And wow, it was quite the match. Well, give us the rundown, Captain. Okay. I can't wait. So things were heating up. Mid went up four to three in it. And then St. Lawrence tied it. So it was four four down to the last game. And who's it come down to, Captain? It came down to Ferdow Shallow, the freshman, who came back from down 2-1 to win the last two sets and the fifth game by a score of 12-10. to 10. Now, I know that no one knows the scoring for squash because <laughs> I don't know the scoring for squash. 
Games were played to 11. So it went to overtime and she won 12-10 to win the whole entire match for them and take the championship of the bracket. And those matches are best out of five, right? So they went all the way to the fifth game within the match. Fifth game of the ninth wow. match. It, it doesn't get better than that. It couldn't ask better. for any more drama than that. Down to one. Oh my god. She's got some endurance. I wonder if she's been eating jelly beans before game two. Oh. That's just Noah's thing. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Her shoulders. I mean, she put the team on her back. Oh. Gotta love it. Good, good stuff from the ladies. Proud of them for beating down on Stanford. And uh yeah, go Panthers. Now, Marco, tell me, what's this next segment? Well, it's my favorite segment of the week. It's Marco's Stat of the Week! And, man, do I have a good one for you. This team cannot be talked about enough. It's the women's ice hockey team. And let me tell you, I think I know their winning recipe. They have a lot of really good players. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) They have seven players with double-digit points and 21 with at least one point this season. Now, let me tell you guys, 26 women's ice hockey players have played this season and 21 has scored at least one point. Now that's a balanced team. They're consistent and they have rotational advantages above other teams. And this is for sure one of the most dominant teams in Middlebury college history. Where would you put them all time? Ooh, that's a tough question. It's gotta be top five though. It's gotta be top five. We'll see how they round out the season. We are so dominant. I bet you guys $5. You can't think of a stat where we don't lead the NESCAC. How about assists, Marco? Well, let me tell you about assists. Jenna Letary leads the NESCAC with 21 assists. That's 1.05 assists per game. And on top of that, the top seven assisters in the NESCAC, six of them are on the Middlebury women's ice hockey team. Now that's pure dominance. And let me tell you something else. Jenna Letary and Kat Appleyard, when they play in a game together, they assist basically every single game. They've only played two games where neither of them have assisted. So for this weekend, for this Saturday, it's a Marco guarantee that either Jenna Letary or Kat Appleyard will assist in a goal in their game. Marco and guarantee. That doesn't come out often, guys. He means it. I do. He means it. And who's going to score the goals, Marco? Well, no one else but Maddie Light, right? She's light on the ice. She plays, <laughs> she plays so, yeah, so much confidence and swagger. It's been a great season for her. She's in, definitely the running for Nesca Player of the Year again. Oh. Well, like you were saying earlier, there's no saying who might score because they're all such good players. Such a dominant team. Love to hear it. All right, now it's time for our Panther All-Star Team of the Week where we each recognize a Panther who has risen above the rest. Marco, what you got? My Panther All-Star of the Week is Kate Kenny. This last weekend at D3 New England Championships, as Blaze mentioned, she won the mile run with a time of 5.04. Now, I know she's gunning for that sub-5, and I know she's going to achieve it in the next couple of weeks. Congrats, Kate. Over to you, Captain. My All-Star of the Week is Grace Santoro, who plays on the women's squash team. She put together a dominant performance in the sixth spot against Stanford. Well, she played well all weekend, but I'd like to highlight the Stanford game because she put a shutout together in two of her three sets and only allowed two points in the entire match. So it went 11-0, 11-2, 11-0. That does not happen in squash, boys. Like, that was unreal. And she lives in my hometown, 
So represent Pacific Palisades. Here's what Grace had to say about the awesome weekend when I got a chance to talk to her this week. Um, so we didn't have her and we didn't know how today would go. I mean, we obviously wanted to win, but everyone was playing up normally um, mm -hmm. where everyone would be pushed a spot back if Abby was here. So it honestly felt really good to go out there and give it our best shot. Um, and a freshman on our team pulled out the final win uh, which made it 5-4, which was awesome for Dallas. Shout out to her. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have no complaints. We were all playing for um, Gwen and Ideal, our captains. It was their last match. So I think having them on our minds uh, while we were playing was was a good spot to be at mentally. It, it helped everyone push through. Eli, who's your all-star? I'm back this week with another Nordic skier. This time it's Peter Walter. Peter finished off his carnival career this weekend with two strong finishes of the UNH carnival. He placed fourth on Friday and then second on Saturday, contributing to a total of, if I'm not mistaken, six podium finishes in seven total starts this season. That is so awesome. Pretty sweet. Congrats, Peter. And good luck in Park City, Utah, at the NCAA skiing championships in two weeks. You guys are going to do great. Blaze, finishing it off. Yeah, my all-star of the week is a name we have heard before on this episode. It's Kat Appleyard, a sophomore forward on women's hockey. Kat had a goal and an assist in Middle Race 2-1 win on Sunday against Connecticut College. And now, guys, she has five goals and six assists in her last four games. And she also leads the NESCAC with nine power play goals. That's dominance. It's Marco. It's <laughs> Good job, Kat. Shout out to you. All right, guys, before we get into our final section, I know you've been waiting. What is the answer to this trivia question? It's been killing me, and I know the answer. I don't even know. <laughs> the trivia question of the week was, how many Middlebury varsity athletics coaches have played professional sports? Is it five, seven, or 11? The answer is 11. We knew it. I 11, was right. 11 of our varsity athletics coaches once played professional sports. The list includes head coach Mike Leonard of the baseball team who played minor league ball in the Red Sox organization. Nicole Wilkerson, the head coach of the men's and women's cross country team, who was once a U.S. track and field Olympic trials qualifier in the 10,000 meter. And Greg Conrad, assistant coach of men's soccer, who played professional soccer in Iceland and Germany. A full list on these coaches and what sports they played professionally will be out in the Middlebury campus on Thursday. Please go check that out. I wrote it. I really appreciate it. you checked it out. Really interesting article. Oh, just selling yourself, huh, Blaze? <laughs> <laughs> Self-promotion, baby. <laughs> now for our upcoming Games of the Week. All right. Like we've said, the women's hockey team is playing in the semifinal at home this Saturday. They'll be playing at 1 p.m. in Kenyon Arena, and you all should be there as they face Hamilton, the fourth-seeded team, in the semifinals. If they win, they'll be playing again at 2 p.m. on Sunday for the NESCAC championship game. Let's go, Panthers. Let's go, ladies. Tear it up. All righty. To our second event that we want to spotlight, it's the women's lacrosse team. And let me tell you, the last time they had a full season, they ended as national champions. So let's run it back. Let's be there. 
home at home at 12 p.m. on Saturday versus Bowdoin. And although they're not at home this week, baseball also has their first games this coming weekend. It's hard to believe, given that there's snow on the ground here on campus still. But they'll be in Troy, New York, facing off against Bates and RPI. So here we go, boys. Go Panthers! Wow, what a slate. Well, now you're all caught up. Thanks for joining us for another episode of PFL Weekly. We'd really like to thank our excellent producer, Caroline Harding, for her work behind the scenes, Ali Paquette of the Middlebury Athletics Communication Office, and the Middlebury Campus for supporting this podcast. We'll be back with more stories next Tuesday. See you out there on the courts, track, and ski hill. Go Panthers! Go Panthers! Woo!